0: Welcome to tennis with Shiji and Naomi. And Naomi, welcome to my kitchen. Yes, this my first time in your kitchen. It is enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> <laughs> to say about my kitchen? It's lovely. It's thank, very nice. Thank you for coming because you've just had your sort of mid-season tennis player break. Yes, you've been. I haven't been able to contact you. Yes, post Wimbledon is the best time to have a break. I always found it was the best time. It was kind of well, that's the only time you could have a break as a player. Pretty much, it was the most convenient time to have a week off uh, and then you're. Pretty much waiting for the rest of the season. I mean, I'm not playing anymore. I have no <laughs> no real excuse. I can take time off whenever I want now. But yeah, when you were, were playing, uh, normally yeah, a week off after Wimbledon, and then a week, then well, a week or maybe more at the end of the season. And your wedding is also in this little break next year. Is that because you've got people coming who are playing, or just because you cannot get out the fact that you're not playing? <laughs> <laughs> and you can have your wedding any time of year. Um, I, well, I I can, but uh, you know, I just kind of follow the tennis calendar. And that, I just was, I don't know, it was just automatic. And I just wanted to do it next summer. So I was thinking, right, well, it has to be after Wimbledon because the lead up to Wimbledon is craziness for us. So it has to be after Wimbledon. Originally, I was looking at the 27th. But are you going to have any time to get things done because you're so busy during Wimbledon? Preparation is my friend, I think. You're quite quite organised. I'm 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 learning this. Yeah, I'm trying to get ahead of the game here and get as much as I can done before the clay court season. So like mid-April, I want things... You know, pretty ready to go, and then uh, hopefully it will just be fighting fires for the for that part the next few months. I'm happy to say that we're quite new with tennis, but we we have had some some listener questions. Oh, okay. They're all for you, actually. Oh, I was <laughs> going to say I haven't had any. <laughs> yeah, no. no one wants to know anything about me, but we do have a few questions for you. The first is, and this was Charlotte and Leah wants to know this about the wedding dress because on last week's podcast you didn't really believe in love at first sight in terms of dresses or anything else and you didn't think, or anything else it's a lucky man yeah and you didn't even think the wedding dress shopping was a big thing so what's the news <laughs> well I went shopping no again it wasn't it wasn't love at first sight I just don't I I just don't buy that I believe you should consider up all your options but you found one so but it, i have found one that i do very much like and i'm going back tomorrow to visit it and then to, so tomorrow to it. <laughs> does it know you're so, coming <laughs> <laughs> it does i found them this morning um but I'm, I'm coming to check out uh on the dress and basically i'm gonna now it's the second time because i haven't got it out of my head in the last week and i think there's no point going to other shops If I keep thinking about this one dress, if I go back, go and see it, and then I'll know whether I still want to go to other shops or if actually, do you know what? That's it. I'm done. See that that is a definition of love. You you can't stop thinking about it. Yes, exactly. But it's it's been growing over the past kind of week or so since (laughs) I've been there. Yeah, exactly. That's it. The emotions it grows, but that's what it is. And that's that'll be part of my my wedding speech where I talk about my my fiance Ben. Well, he he was a grower. he was a grower. So I'm afraid, Or the good news is you'll have to listen to another episode of Tennis to see if when you go back with your mum, that, it that it's a yes. And we have, so that, that was the first question. The second one was about Sven. Sven was introduced to Tennis Podcast having had the snip during Wimbledon where you were an absent Oh, where people are not happy with me. owner? Well, no, they, they want to know what Sven is. I mean, he's a dog, but what? Oh, oh, he's a, he's a Japanese Shiba. So it's quite rare actually in, in this country. He's not kind of, you know, a Labrador or anything. They are the most common companion dogs in Japan. And he uh, looks a like a fox. He looks very, you could. Can... People think we got a fox by accident. I've, I've set up the Instagram account. And Sven in his cone has made it onto that. I promise it's not going to be full of of Sven. It's it's not Sven's Instagram page. But if you want to see... And they also asked why the name Sven, because originally he was going to go by another name because it was around the time of the Paris Masters at the back end of last year. (laughs) Now, Naomi, as you'll get to know, is is pretty bad at predictions. So it got to the semi-final stage. So you had a one in four chance. At the Paris Masters, yeah. and you went for Jack Sock. Yep. And I nailed it. Y- yeah, but did you really think you were going to nail it? Uh yes, I did. No, I was confident, but I mean we were only we were down to 4. So <laughs> the tournament had done most most of the work, don't get me wrong. Uh, but I did go for Jack Sock. I was the only one who went for Jack Sock, I think. I do believe. I went for Philip Krajinovic. You went for Krajinovic because his coach ripped his shirt off and that was just hysterical. It's like something from WWE amazing. or WWE whatever. It was intense. When they, when they stand there and they sort of rip the shirt off. I I desperately want Krajinovic to like to win a Grand Slam just to see the coach's reaction. And and for it to be, be in Wimbledon Maybe oh. the most sort of civilized and sort of proper <laughs> <laughs> and he stands up and sort of rips the shirt off yeah, in he was, the he was, Wasn't he beating his chest it's what, He was going crazy yeah, no, It was it's awesome. It's probably a little over the top So Sven was nearly called Jack Sock yeah. He has socks He so- has little white socks on Why is he called Sven then? How do you go from Jack Sock and Socks to Sven? Well it was my brother's suggestion that we went with Jack Because he has socks and because Jack was doing <laughs> so well And my prediction obviously was spot on But uh, well the the issue is that my other half Doesn't know who Jack Sock is <laughs> Does he not? He doesn't really is he not follow a tennis. tennis. Fan? No, he's a massive sports fan, but he doesn't really follow a huge amount of tennis. Uh, not enough to know that at that he... time what, who, Jack Sock, 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 <laughs> who Jack Sock was. Who Jack Sock was? See, what, that's also is, an issue. Is that why Ben was a grower? <laughs> <laughs> no, he was. wasn't really from uh, from the world of tennis. He didn't really understand what I'd done or what I was doing, kind of early on. And Paul Sven's been in boot camp this week because you went off on your jollies, minus Sven. Yes, yeah, we were away. We went went to a wedding in the south of France um, and we we packed Sven off to boot camp, went back to his breeders, who uh, she was, you know, surprised. No, she wasn't surprised at all, but uh, she was just informing me of his naughtiness and ill discipline when he first got there. But apparently now he's a trooper and uh, I will pick him up and he'll be a new dog. And luckily, because he'd had a certain operation, it was... It's fairly innocent fun that Sven was having. Yes. Back at dog food camp. <laughs> Yeah. But there were loads of other dogs and oh and she had new puppies that went at the weekend, the weekend just gone. So she had uh, all her owners just came and picked up the new puppies. So he was just playing with puppies all the time, so he was in heaven. So there's a couple of our questions answered and I I've been trying to ignore it, but I can't stop staring at it and it's just a little bit <laughs> weird. But um you're back in your Christmas jumper. I don't know if it's just for me. It's it's probably about 23, 24 degrees in my kitchen. <laughs> it, it, it's not jumper weather. It's not. <laughs> you weren't wearing it when you arrived. I turned round and there is the sequined hat and the dog with the bow tie on it. Was there any consensus on, on Twitter? I, I did put a, the picture out. I did a vote on the Insta story, and um, we're fairly new, so I didn't expect it to get thousands. But I tried to rig it, and I try, I went into a few accounts and friends' accounts and was voting yes, but <laughs> <laughs> what, what, saying yes. It was a Christmas. Yes. i saw somebody sent me a message saying that it was more of a birthday jumper which i like because birthdays happen every day birthdays so i'm celebrating i'm here celebrating every day and our producer birthday. was the vote that kept it as as no it's not a christmas jumper so she saved you Brilliant. from the fact that i was trying to rig it terribly and now before you went to your when I, i've had a little bit of a break from tennis other than keeping an eye on what's going on haven't done any work in it you went to county week which took place down in eastbourne and jamie murray was there Well, he wasn't in Eastbourne, but uh, yeah, so County Week uh, takes place, it's a full week, five days. It is the ultimate test in tennis endurance, I'm I'm telling you. I mean, unless we're talking about the semi-finals that happened at Wimbledon a few weeks ago, they may trump it (laughs) (laughs) somewhat. Uh, But County Week, uh, you play three full doubles matches a day for five days. So it's 15 matches on grass. Uh, I've been known to play close to nine hours on court in one day. I represent Kent, that's my county. We were down in Eastbourne, we were defending champions. We did not defend, but it's okay. Uh, we had quite a fresh new team. And the thing is, is when you have a new team, a lot of them are young players and they've never played a full doubles match before because they always play a tiebreak, third set and sudden death juice. So we have no sudden death juice, no third set tie-break. It's just keep going. So in terms of your county players, but it doesn't matter what level you are. So if you are... Uh, a Grand Slam champion that Jamie Murray is in Dublin, he can still go and represent his county together with someone who just plays at county and has never gone any further. How does it work? Does it it get a bit lopsided? Well, yeah, that's how you get a winner, right? (laughs) Well, Jamie plays for the north of Scotland uh, and he played this year. They were in Manchester. They were not in the top division. Uh, And there was a time a few, I'm going to say five, six years ago where both Jamie and Andy came down and and played. They were down in Eastbourne that time going for the title because Eastbourne's division one. So you have the top six men's team, top six women's teams. And uh, and they came down and they played. But the thing is, is that you have nine rubbers a day because you have three teams out. So it really tests the depth of each county. That's the point. So even with Andy and Jamie, they still lost on those days. They came down and played for them, which is just <laughs> utterly ridiculous because, you know, you have other people that need to win as well. And it also goes to show that tennis doesn't stop because we talked about the little bit of a, a break that some have had. And if you look on social media, people are getting married joe wilfrid Songa, karolina pliskova andre kuznetsov just i'm paying paying a lot of attention to those to dresses now outfits just to and details. what they did and locations yeah. and there was a and sort of a handful of tennis weddings obviously there's tournaments taking place all over the place but then you had world team tennis mm-hmm. so you had players taking part in world team tennis you had county taking place so you can actually not have a break from tennis Oh, of course, yeah. I mean, well, we had it in off season as well when players went and played IPTL uh, when that was running. So I don't think it's on anymore, but yeah, you can just play, you can just play week in week out. Come play county week. But to answer your question before, you do get a vast mix in the teams because you have all the young up and coming juniors. <laughs> They get a nice shock to the system. You have uh, ex-players like me um, knocking around. Jamie Murray is a bit of a rare one, I'm not going to lie, to have uh, rocking up for your team. And you have like coaches. It's basically anybody who's playing the best tennis in the county gets asked uh, asked to play. He has to be playing regularly. I'm semi-regularly at the moment but it's just enough and uh and yeah you try and put out the best team you can but it, it is definitely uh, a shock to the system for the young ones they did not know what was going on how was your eastbourne experience because i was there for the the tournament the week leading up to wimbledon it's a lovely place it's quite quiet it's it's quite relaxed it's fairly elderly it's quite laid back yeah i tell you what they get good um good crowds out again for for county week because uh you know they have just Because they have the tournament a couple of weeks before. I think people kind of get into the the swing of things with it and they come out and watch. And uh, Eastbourne's fab, it was hot. Wow, was it hot. Have you ever drunk pickle juice? No, but because it wasn't a thing back uh, when you've just got out some pickle juice. That is concerning. <laughs> no, it, w- it wasn't a thing when I was playing. Um, but this is a new phenomenon and uh, all the players, I'm not going to say love it. I think they love the benefits of it. It says on my pickle juice, it's a pickle, it's a shot. It's a pickle juice shot. It's an extra strength pickle juice. I haven't opened it. I'm not going to. Drink prior to or during exercise to prevent muscle Cramps. You got that from Australia. I got that from Australia because in Australia everyone was drinking pickle juice and it was, it was Naomi Brody that told me about pickle juice and that people were drinking it and then it was um, Leon Smith who went into the physio's room Great Prince Davis Cup captain and brought out some pickle juices which apparently were in, in high demand and short supply so we snuck out a few I So a player think cramped we somewhere it? because you took their pickle juice and you didn't drink it And I haven't opened it because I can't think of anything worse than, than <laughs> drinking pickle juice I'd, I think I'd rather get cramp. Yeah, so the thing is, is I feel like the name is a little bit Misleading. So, if you're going to make your own pickles at home, then you you make up this sort of brine thing, right, with vinegar and. Have you ever made your own pickles? Yeah. Have you? Yeah, I pickle onions. Okay. Sliced onions, and uh, you you know you you, you make it up, and, and basically that's what it is. It hasn't had pickles in it. It's not. <laughs> it's not like somebody had a jar of pickles ready to go on a burger. And they've just drained the juice out of it. It's it's just what you would this pickle is water, something in: vinegar, salt, natural flavors, potassium, zinc, and vitamins. Exactly. So That's it's not horrible. It's just basically a bit of vinegar and water and some salt and stuff. So it's but calling it pickle juice does make it sound like you're going to find a gherkin in there. Well, it makes it sound horrific and and it will <laughs> stay sealed bad. i don't care what the temperatures get to it's going to stay we we had another question talking about things that players get up to and players do this was from claire who in last week's podcast we were talking about changing rooms and you said you made quite a statement of the fact when you said wow well, women just spend more time in changing rooms and so her question was what do you mean that what are they doing in there because you seem quite firm on the fact that women definitely spend more time in changing rooms well i am i that they do spend more time in change rooms. They they just hang out. It's just that there are sofas in there. Players just sit and chat. And is it because, as you said, that coaches and parents and people can't go in that they maybe hang out a bit more? I think that, it's a space. I think that what we were talking about before was the fact that that coaches are not allowed in there, and you you have to be a player to get in. No one else, even if it's even if you're a mum with a coach's badge, you can't go in, which is different to the men's changing room. The coaching team can go in. I think that it's probably bred out of that. I think the cultures come out of it because. Back when there were a lot of teenagers playing with intense parents or people that might want to chase them into a, into a changing room, that was their refuge and they could they could go. That's why they brought the rule in. And so I think that players just started hanging out in there a little bit more. I mean, so for example, in Grand Slams, in the change rooms, you have TVs, you can watch any court you want. You have obviously all of the scores up as well. You know, you've got the physios there, you know, you can kind of go and, and do what you want, you know. and And it's just... You, Players, I'm not saying it is the hangout hotspot, but it's <laughs> it's just somewhere that players, the the female players definitely spend a lot more time doing nothing in there than the guys. The guys tend to use it for what it's there for and change and leave. And women, well, maybe we would just take a little bit more time anyway. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm making some assumptions about the men, to be fair. I mean, I've never hung out in the men's changing room. so <laughs> But it just seems like they kind of... In out. Yeah, unless there's a rain delay, because if there's a rain delay, it's tough to find space somewhere, especially at like a slam. So they might, uh, they might use it for that sort of reason. But I think it just came out of, you know, 20 years ago, a lot of people liked to be in the change room because they knew they couldn't get harassed. And then uh, it's just kind of become a thing that a lot of the girls just like to like to chill in there. This is quite fun. I just have all these questions for you that I'm just going to keep throwing at you. Madhamita on Twitter, because we've also got a Twitter account. Have you seen our Twitter account? I have seen I our Twitter hard account. Hard at work with a Twitter account. When did Wimbledon become all white? Oh, I mean, it's always been all white. Well, I say always, as long as I can remember, obviously, but back to Victorian times is, is when you're when talking about really when people started playing lawn tennis that in those times they thought that it was more appropriate to wear white because you couldn't see the sweat as much, which oh, is a very good thinking. important point. And it seems like Roger Federer is still living by those rules. He he does not like to have any sweat showing at all. But I think he does carefully choose his colours so that you can't see sweat. I don't think he likes it. Well, he's starting to carefully choose his tournaments because it was confirmed that he wouldn't play at the Rogers Cup. And the reason is to do with scheduling. And if he wants to keep going for as long as possible, he can't keep the schedule that he's had. Now, there's certain rules on the ATP and you have to be over 30 and play in a certain number of tournaments before you can start missing tournaments without getting fine because I think that's the thing that, I don't know if it's the same in the WTA tour but there are mandatory tournaments and and you know the, the clue is in the title <laughs> yeah, they are mandatory uh, yeah that's the same for both tournaments I just think it's a little bit harsh That Roger's not playing this one. I mean, they named the tournament after him, and he still won't even show up. It's a massive event. I mean, how can you not play Rogers Cup? (laughs) It's your cup, buddy. Come and get it. He's probably Um, thinking, no, I need a little bit more time. I need a little bit more time to recover from the fact that he didn't win Wimbledon, and that wasn't how the plan was meant to go. Having missed out on clay and come out, but also his age. And we look at this with Serena Williams. It's weird. I don't really seem to notice it with Serena Williams as much. But we were having a chat and. She's, for most of her career, she seems to have had a fairly limited schedule in terms of she won't just play anything that's out there. Yeah, I think famously she was number one in the world on about three tournaments (laughs) at one stage. It may have been four. She had also played the Olympics and uh, I think Fed Cup that year as well but they don't count towards the ranking. So it was just the three or four tournaments. But she was, yeah, she was doing pretty well. But she, she's won everything there is to win, pretty much, much like Roger Federer. And she has had a limited schedule for a long time. She stops now each year after US Open, which in my opinion is when I think the, the, the tour should stop. I just think it's enough and we need a significant break. You would shut things down after the US Open? Yeah, I'd play the, the World Tour finals right off the back of it and uh, and leave it like that. And I know that... Is that I, almost not... That's too big of a gap, surely? Maybe. I don't know. I just think that players could do with more of a rest. And, you know, Serena's stopped playing after the US Open each year. You know, she has the uh, uh, the WTA finals in, that's in Singapore currently. She's opted not to play it for the past few years. I mean, she's won it a lot of times, but she's opted not to play it because she'd just much rather have the rest. And she comes back every January and, and every year it's the same question, kind of... <gasps> what sort of Serena's going to come out in Australian Open because she doesn't play warm-up tournaments. She just rocks up to the Grand Slam and everyone thinks, what's going to happen? She hasn't played since the US Open. And then, of course, Serena is Serena and just comes out and is amazing and normally wins. Did you have much to do with Serena when you were on tour? I mean, was she still, as she is now, this sort of thing apart? You know, it, it always feels like she's just very... Not in a, in a bad way, just she has this sort of aura around her. I mean, it, was that always, even when, when you were playing, could you get close to her, near her? Did you know people who were? Uh, no, absolutely. She operates in, in her own um, sort of environment. And you can see that by the way the players look when they walk on court against her. They <laughs> are <laughs> in, <laughs> They are so in awe. And and they all finish, every time they finish their matches, they come off and they put out a thing on Twitter saying it was such an honour to share the court with her. And I look, I, I'm sure it is, but it's just that it, that sort of mentality doesn't really work with actually being competitive and trying to beat the person and, but the, the level of respect is just absolutely phenomenal through the rest of the pack. But everybody, yeah, everybody just kind of looks at her from a distance. And if you get to go on court with her, which I never have, then, uh, you know, yeah, you, you enjoy it, I guess. And if you're missing mandatory tournaments, it's a fine. So she will just be taking the fine. It's a little bit like post-match press conferences that people have to do. They don't turn up. They will. I mean, there's fines for a, a lot of things, especially when you hit grand slams. If you treat the Wimbledon grass badly, that's a fine. And swearing, et etc. I want to know where the money goes for fines there because there are fines all the way from the top down to the bottom so if you get a code violation at the, at the low low events you know $15,000 events $25,000 events you get like a $50 or $75 fine if you're racket abuse or something and then it builds up and up and up until you get into the did you ever get fined for anything no I never got a code violation actually I was totally. I know yeah, uh I I got one code violation for coaching uh, no. no, I wasn't the coach, I was the player my, my coach was coaching me I actually Got it taken away because It didn't, well it wasn't fair They didn't tell me, they didn't tell me that I shouldn't that, well. Someone's at the door So <laughs> I'm just going to I'm, I'm just going to go and answer the door And then I'll come back Okay, so I got rid of who was at the door because I want to know why you got a coaching violation. <laughs> I was so distracted. I, just, I didn't <laughs> even really... They said, have you got any time? I said, no, I haven't. Sorry, bye. <laughs> That's rude. <laughs> I said it politely. I'm sure they understand. My coach, coaching violation, well, it got taken away in the end, so it wasn't an official violation. But I was given a coaching violation because I was playing against a left-handed player and I... Didn't really register that I was playing as a left-handed player. I didn't move my return position. I kept getting aced with the lefty swinger, so my coach was pointing and saying, "Move over, I was like move over that way." Just point It was he wasn't. There were there were no words. It was just a finger point. Yeah, but he was trying to tell me to move over. Yeah, exactly. but he was just pointing as in <laughs> you you've been aced okay. twenty five times <laughs> with the lefty swinger. You're a lefty yourself. You should know how this works. <laughs> and I didn't know how. It I wasn't making any adjustments. And I was down. at That was like a set and a bit down. And uh, and I have to say it is something that totally transformed the match because this was in qualifying for a tournament. <laughs> and then I registered what we were saying. I got my code violation, but I got the code violation having not noticed that he was coaching and then when they gave me a code violation I went to go and speak to my coach and said what's going on he said I'm telling you to move over (laughs) (laughs) that's what's going on so then I moved over and I ended up winning the match I stopped getting ace on uh, with the lefty swinger I won the match Uh, I ended up going through and making the final of the tournament Uh, but I did get that code violation taken away because you should be allowed as a player the opportunity to tell your coach to stop which I wasn't granted. So, so they're you, a bit hasty. Really, know, that you got it taken away because you, you, By must, the you yeah. must have the opportunity to tell them to stop. Even though he's just coached. (laughs) Yes. 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 So because basically, because that seems a little bit weird. Because because the coaching coaching will already have happened. Yeah, but I get the violation and I get the fine, not my coach. He he doesn't, he can't get anything. Uh, He can't get any sort of violation or fine. So basically the rule is that if if the umpire spots your coach coaching, they warn you as a player and say, by the way, your coach is pointing. If I see it again, you're going to get a co-violation. So that's what happened. So then I can have the chance to then say to my coach, can you stop coaching me? And then they would give me the code violation. But it was good because he got his message. It was great. It totally transformed the (laughs) match and the tournament and I made the final. But I I also got the the $75 fine taken away. But I think we forget, because at the the top level, someone like, Fabio Finini. I There can't be many tournaments where he doesn't pick up a fine for something or other. Yeah, this is why I wonder: is there a man or a woman who is the fine person, and they just collect in all the fines? He must. I don't know. It must, it, I think it just comes back go to the to tournament, gr- grassroots or tournament or, or charity. But I think at that level, if it's a Nick Kyrgios saying whatever Nick Kyrgios says, it doesn't really affect him. The fine is just paid. But I imagine at the lower levels if if you're not really making anything anyway and then you suddenly get a fine that's going to hit you yeah well the biggest fines are for withdrawals late withdrawals sometimes it's incredibly difficult at the lower levels it's really hard i mean i racked up thousands of dollars of fines what you did yeah it's it's a it's a yeah <laughs> yes well, i did for withdrawing yeah for withdrawals why, or, or missing tournaments or whatever why were you missing them so i thought you were quite organized <laughs> i really <What> wasn't was? <laughs> oh i wasn't i once flew to a tournament i wasn't even in it That was great and then i was in london can i work. ask why <laughs> i thought i was in the tournament my coach was not pleased oh at my all. Word. um but then I, there was one where i was in london and my Friend of mine sent me a message saying, um, Oh, hey, do you want to warm up tomorrow at, at nine? We're both on first, this tournament in Geneva or something. I was like, Well, I'm, I'm not playing in <laughs> Where Geneva. Where were you? London? Well, I, I was in London, but I was also in the draw in the tournament, so I had to pull out. So, who keeps an eye on that stuff? Are you meant to keep an eye on that stuff? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, everything is a player's responsibility from start to finish everything that happens you cannot that that's how they they keep it clear is that everything is down to yours you, you doesn't matter what else and what kind of fines are we on. talking here
1: um you say so, racked up loads of so fines. The, the
0: the geneva one was quite uh th- you know that's pretty late <laughs> as it goes <laughs> to pull out of a tournament um so mean, if you don't, do you actually say i forgot is your reason or do you suddenly say oh my elbow hurts no, so there are rules of that as well. Um, so if you're going to do, oh, my elbow hurts, you have to be on site if it's that close and to the show match. show them your elbow. Yeah, so you have to go and see the physio and you get an on-site withdrawal. Okay. And you're allowed a certain amount of on-site withdrawals. Um, so it's like uh, in the men's tour, they have the rule of if you pull out on site and you're in the main draw, then the, the lucky loser gets in. If, if it's close to the main draw and the qualifying's already started, the lucky loser gets in and you split the prize money and, you and that's, know, they, that's they've just done all come that. in. And that's great. And that's why yeah. we saw at the French Open, was it something like seven or eight lucky losers come in? Yeah. And the instance of the Australian Tanasi who who didn't sign the sheet to be a lucky loser. And then thought, well, I've, I've got no chance of getting in because he worked out where he'd come in. And then there were people flying in from all around the world to get in. And he was in Paris practicing. Yeah. Because he hadn't signed in the for- That yeah. seems it's, it's making a difference. In it, and it's a good thing. Yeah. But- it's, a, it's a great rule. But the rule is on-site withdrawal. You can't. So you can't say, say Nick Kyrgios. I don't know why I'm picking on Nick <laughs> Kyrgios. Um, say he was in the tournament and he knew he couldn't play. He can't stay in Australia for the French Open and wait until the day before and then phone them and say, by the way, I'm pulling out. Um, Can I split the prize money with the lucky loser? Uh, No, (laughs) you were never going to play this tournament. There are certain rules for on-site withdrawals, off-site withdrawals have to happen earlier. So I wasn't on site, obviously in Geneva, but I wasn't going to play the match either. Because you didn't know about it. I well, think no, that's it. the reason you weren't going to no, play. No, I'd that. accidentally left myself in the tournament and, you know, it happens. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, the fine for that was probably like $800, oh, which is long. which is the amount of, it's close to the amount of money that you're going to, well, at the time, that, that's a, almost the amount of money that you would have won for the entry level tournaments. If you win a $10,000 as it was then, you would win about $800 pounds so yeah so maybe it's a little bit more is it a phone call do you kind of man up and do the phone call or is it a quick email saying i'm afraid i won't make it uh, no either. you do do it all you do it as many as you, can. you do email phone call you do it all yeah you try and get your message through quick and you get a very kind of disapproving i see because if they call you for your match and you don't show up has that ever happened when you've totally forgotten and you've it's not happened to me but it, it happens to people yeah being called somewhere yeah. and they're waiting for this person they don't turn up yeah it happened to me actually, not to me, but to my opponent uh, in juniors. It was French Open qualifying, first Grand Slam qualifying I'd ever played, and uh, I was playing it as a French wild card. And they announced their wild, or they did at the time. They may have changed their system now, but they announced their wild cards on the website, so you'd have to go and check the website to see whether you got in. No one would actually contact you. And so I was still on the court waiting for ages for this girl to turn up. And this poor poor girl had no idea. She was the other side of France. Had no idea that she was in, that she was playing the tournament. It was obviously a really big deal for her to get in. And and uh, and yes, I got a walkover. There was that incredible story, real fairy tale stuff of Tamir Baczynski, who had gone through so much in her life, had stopped playing tennis for various reasons, mostly personal to do with her family. She was working in the hotel industry, nothing to do with tennis. And then suddenly came across an email in I think her junk mail folder saying that she was eligible for qualifying for the French Open and just happened to stumble across it, sort of threw a racket in the back of her car, flew over from Switzerland and, and the rest is history. She made her way up the rankings. Yeah, I know. It's a, it's a phenomenal story. It's incredible, isn't it? Because I imagine, and, and you might disagree with me here, but if you're going to put so much into a sport, you have a love for it and you have a passion for it and there might get to a point where something happens in her case with lots of family problems where you don't want to go near it and lots of other issues there but there is still that passion there's that reason that you did it in the first place and then just to come across something like that and to give it a second go and then in her case to have the happy ending that it's been yeah it's like it's why we see lucky losers do so well as well because you know she turns up to that tournament and you know what you got to lose is a bonus you didn't expect to be here so you just kind of give it a whack and, and, and see what happens you, no you play with no pressure or caution at all it's a, it's a nice free feeling so I'm glad there are more lucky losers through the year now I suppose you get to a level where maybe the fines as I say don't affect you that much yeah, yeah, exactly. But for everybody... If you're top, everybody, 10, top 20 player and, and you, you're being, for whatever the fine is for missing a mandatory tournament, you're not going to lose sleep, are you? No. You're probably um, yeah. on, a, on a private jet to your next tournament. So you're not going to be thinking, oh, damn. And this is why, so Andy Murray always talks about the mandatory tournaments as, for him, that is one of the biggest reasons that so many players get injured is because when, you, when you've got a mandatory tournament, say you're injured, and especially if you're ranked maybe around 50... So you're not earning 20 million a year and you've got Indian Wells, and Miami coming up. That's two mandatory events back to back. And you're thinking, you know, I could really do with missing these. Like I just, I could do with a month to rest, recuperate. We've got a big clay court season coming up whatever it might be, you could have the best will in the world. Not only will you not earn the money, you will take zero points. So people would say, well, you might as well go and play, lose and then pick up the money. And I think that's why there's the rules on the ATB And that's where it's difficult, There's a few boxes to tick. And over 30, you played at a certain number of events where you won't get that zero. You're allowed to miss a mandatory tournament. But there's there's quite a few boxes to tick before you get to that stage. But you just get a lot of players, uh, particularly in the lower ranks, that will end up playing because they think, well, I'm taking zero anyway. I might as well go and take the money. Because there's a lot of money Indian Wells and Miami. It's a lot of money in Asia at the back end of the year you know, Wuhan and Beijing, whatever it might be. And you, and you think, well, I might as well, you know, fly in and give it a go. Maybe I'll win a match. I don't know. We'll see. And what Andy Murray says is that that's of a real detriment to players because they play when they shouldn't be playing and there should be more flexibility. But then also the tour has a, a tour to market. They have to market players and they can't have uh, it being so flexible because they need to tell the crowd and the tournaments and the sponsors who's going to be playing sometime in advance. Oh, and you get to a tournament and you see the poster. Oh, Oh, and they've got all these people on the post. They thought, yeah, we've got X, Y and Z and they've all pulled out or whatever. They got injured and you're thinking, oh no. I know. Serena Serena and Venus got in trouble for a a while, way back. They went through a phase of... Confirming they were playing in tournaments and confirming is the next stage. You enter the tournament, you say, "Yeah, sure, I'm coming," and then you confirm it, which is then when they start making up the posters, big billboards, yeah, and massive. They kept confirming tournaments and, and they kept pulling out, and people started getting slightly frustrated. And you do—I saw that Eastbourne. Diego Schwartzman was sort of the middle of the poster, and I thought, "Nope, <laughs> <laughs> nope." <laughs> I, I was thinking our, our thought processes in these tennis podcasts last podcast you said that in terms of your wedding dress which is still a big part of this podcast at the moment you you're not fussed if if ben saw it no before the event you know please sort of wander around the house so i was thinking that there might be an opportunity for you to if you if you buy it tomorrow and you see it Mm -hmm. you might have an opportunity to wear it this weekend right yes uh I'm, <laughs> i thought you were saying i could wear it playing tennis at wimbledon you could <laughs> whack some trainers on and go Just hike it up a little bit <laughs> um but I, I i could wear it at wimbledon this weekend if i get i don't think i'd get it in time i haven't bought it yet but yeah this weekend i'm playing a match at wimbledon and they're having huge celebrations 150 years of wimbledon we Who were to- are you playing a match with i'm not sure i don't no. know if it's doubles or singles uh i'm going to turn up <laughs> in your um, wedding dress. They'll, they'll, <laughs> they'll tell <I'm> me here. <laughs> they'll tell me where to go. I'll, I'm a I'm a trooper. I just you know whatever you tell me to do, I'll do it. And in the evening on the Saturday, they're having a big celebration for 150 years of Wimbledon. And Wimbledon know how to entertain in terms of as as, as a club. The Allington Club know how to do it. This will be a pretty big bash. I'm excited to go. I'm really looking forward to it. But the dress code is the Wimbledon dress code, which is almost entirely white almost entirely so you can get away with a little bit of color yeah they changed the rule to almost entirely white uh quite recently actually are you just gonna wear a tennis kit <laughs> it would be, make Please my life much you. easier i'm gonna have You're to go and buy a dress a no it, no it, it, it's very dress. smart it's, it's much easier for for women to to wear whites to an event and uh, then the you men say that though that i i've been to a white party before and it's difficult and it's it, just heart it's, it's difficult. It's, it's a difficult hard, colour to but, you pull know, off. You've got to make an effort. It's Wimbledon. It's right? a difficult colour to pull off. You to just, wear your whites at Wimbledon. I just, I just wish your other half the best of luck putting together his white. It's Not, the shoes. <laughs> you can wear tennis shoes. It's or, Wimbledon. Know, or, no, smart tennis shoes. No. Come on! No, you can't. You can't get in. They've what other no, white you, shoes. Can you? No, borrow? you've got to. You've got to be smart. It's a party. You can find white shoes. As in white smart shoes. We're gonna. We're gonna give it a Who go. Who wears white smart shoes? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think they may be a little flexible on the footwear. I'm anticipating that half of the women that turn up are going to be in wedding dresses. <laughs> that they've got. Oh, I've they've been saving it for ago. years. Yeah. <laughs> Just pinned it up a little bit. <laughs> let it out or let it in, and off we go. You might not have yours in time. It's disappointing. I, I was looking for some photos to put up on instagram but we're not going to put your wedding dress up i know you don't mind that people can see it but i'm not i'd rather put your dog up cuz i believe in that stuff okay? really yeah oh oh no we're back to superstitions aren't we which <laughs> i think you are very superstitious the fact you're not superstitious i'm not i just i I just make an effort to not be superstitious which i think makes you superstitious because that's almost like a superstition potentially okay enough we must stop i've promised to give you a tour around windsor castle so um because you've got to go and pick up sven from boot camp before he gets into any trouble but people can find us on instagram find your dog find us on twitter both of us and at Tennis Podcast on both and, and some questions because we had quite a few for you this week yes so if, if anyone's got any more questions yeah all questions for you Gigi but send them to me I'm at Naomi Cavaday I'll, and I'll ask you questions. We'll I haven't asked you any we'll questions just, this week you can ask me a question well, think, I, yeah, I <laughs> think of a question for next week okay. you can ask me a question we're going to kick off with you asking me a question next week okay we hope you've enjoyed it and we hope you can join us for the next edition of Tennis